Welcome to the Leadership Institute's Wednesday Wake Up Club Breakfast Podcast. On the first Wednesday of every month, LI hosts the Wednesday Wake Up Club Breakfast, which gives conservatives an opportunity to come together for good food and conversation with leading speakers on the current events of the day. Former speakers have included members of Congress, public policy experts, and authors. To learn more about the breakfast or to register for the next breakfast, visit leadershipinstitute.org breakfast. Also, follow along with the hashtag WWCB on Twitter. This month's speaker was Dr. John McAdams, Professor of American Politics, Public Opinion, and Voter Behavior at Marquette University. In 2014, Marquette University suspended Professor McAdams and moved to strip him of tenure after 30 years of teaching due to his remarks about a graduate student shutting down free classroom discussion. He sued the college in 2016, and the case was heard by the Wisconsin Supreme Court this April. He continues to champion free speech on college campuses across America. How did academia such a bastion of intolerance. A lot of it starts in the 1960s with this fellow. His name is Herbert Marcuse. He was a German member of the so-called Frankfurt School who came to the U.S. and wrote about free speech, particularly tolerance, and what he called repressive tolerance. And basically his message was you shouldn't tolerate bad speech. Bad speech as determined by whom? Well, as determined by leftists. Now, the 1960s was a, a time when fascism came to American college campuses, uh, but not all campuses, and it didn't necessarily involve a lot of students. But yes, that became a time when it became acceptable among leftist students to shout down speakers they didn't like, uh, to occupy buildings, depriving the legitimate users of the buildings and use of the building. Um, and then what happened? Well, uh, uh, some of the leftist activists then went on uh, to be in graduate school. Uh, they had to graduate undergraduate first, and they had to get their PhDs, and they had to get faculty jobs. Um, and if you're a young, new, junior faculty member, not many graduate students flock around you. The graduate students want to flock to senior members. So uh, it took a while for these 60s leftists to begin to influence other graduate students. Uh, but eventually they did. And uh, what we have in academia now is sort of the 60s, um, which after two generations, the 60s mentality has taken over a large part of academia. Now, not all of academia. Uh, where is the uh, uh, politically correct intolerance most common? In the humanities, in some social sciences, uh, with political science being a partial exception, and economics being a clear exception, in education uh, and communications. But at the average typical university these days, those parts of the university will be dominated by intolerant political correctness. That is, the idea that certain ideas are bad, they're objectively bad, and that the social justice warriors have a right to shut them up. And they'll, of course, proceed to shut them up when they can. Part of the faculty, uh, you have administrative bloat. 
That is to say, bureaucrats like to uh, enlarge their bureaucracies. If you're a bureaucrat, the more people who report to you, uh, the more important you are and the more powerful you are. Now, the faculty are not really part of the administrator's bureaucracy. The faculty run their own affairs. So if you want to increase the size of your bureaucracy, what do you do? Well, you don't create more faculty lines. You appoint more assistant, associate deans, assistant, associate, provost, and vice presidents. And what's a handy excuse to do this? Well, it's, oh, we need to serve the needs of uh, so-called dreamers. Uh, we need to serve the needs of black students, Hispanic students, gay and lesbian students, transgender students. Um, you can have several bureaucrats for each of those groups on a college campus, and a lot of colleges do. Marquette does. So the natural direction of administrative bloat consists of increasing the bureaucracy that panders to this or that identity group, uh, increasing the number of faculty lines so that students have more courses, smaller classes, that, that doesn't do it. Increasing student uh, scholarships, that doesn't do it either. So administrative bloat is a big factor. Now, what are some of the manifestations of intolerance on college campuses? Uh, well, one notorious one is uh, speech codes. Uh, and lots of colleges have speech codes. You can see a compilation of speech codes on the uh, website of the Foundation for Individual Rights and in Education. Uh, Marquette has a particularly bad one. Uh, let me... Uh, defines harassment. We'll come back to harassment. We find this verbal, written, or physical conduct directed at a person or a group based on color, race, national origin, ethnicity, gender, or sexual orientation where the offensive behavior is intimidating, hostile, or demeaning, or which could, uh, or which could and does result in mental, emotional, or physical discomfort, embarrassment, ridicule, or harm. Note, if it creates mental discomfort, it's considered harassing. Now, a question for you. Shouldn't a college education create some mental discomfort? All right. Isn't a good education one that's likely to make students somewhat uncomfortable with some of the unthought-out positions uh, that they hold? Uh, Marquette's uh, speech code defines that as out of bounds. It's actionable. You can be disciplined for, for that. Obviously, it's so broad that simply disagreeing with a black student about affirmative action uh, or Black Lives Matter uh, could be seen as a, uh, as a violation. There are lots of lists of words and phrases you're not allowed uh, to say put out by various universities. Let me see if I can get This is the University of California's official list of microaggressions. 
Um, and it lists a lot of things you're just flat not supposed to say because they're supposedly microaggressions against some uh, aggrieved group. Uh, I won't try to read most of these, but uh, you're not supposed to say America is the land of opportunity. You're not supposed to say there's only one race, the human race. You're not supposed to say, I don't see skin color. Now, admittedly, that's a somewhat sappy thing to say, but it doesn't, it doesn't aggress against anybody. Uh, you're not supposed to say, we hire the most qualified person. You're not supposed to say of a particular faculty member, well, he's going to get tenure because he's black. You're not supposed to say that, although that, in fact, might be the truth. So there's a whole list of things you are not supposed to say that are kind of outlined. of Wisconsin-Milwaukee has a similar list of things that are considered out of bounds that you're not allowed to say. Uh, some of them, okay, are sensible enough. You shouldn't say the N-word, although it would be nice if hip-hop artists would take that to heart. Uh, but there's some other things you're not supposed to say. For example, you're not supposed to say third world. Why not? Because that implies that those countries are backward and undeveloped. It doesn't matter that they are backward and undeveloped uh, and that they want to be like the first world, that is rich, economically developed with a, a, a first world infrastructure. You're not supposed to say that. Uh, you're not supposed to use the word the. Let me see if I can find that. overlooks the factors of uh, lack of education, poverty, etc., that might cause someone, say, to attack you, right? Uh, so if you call someone or attack you a thug, you're, you're, that's unfair, that's unjust. And indeed, on this list, you're not supposed to say politically correct. In other words, they have a politically correct list and it tells, tells you, don't say politically correct. A few years ago, Marquette required everyone on campus to take a training uh, in harassment, uh, which told us all the things we weren't supposed to do. Uh, here was a little exercise. There was a faculty member's office, and you're supposed to go around clicking on things that should be considered out of bounds. Most things in that office were considered out of bounds. I tried clicking on the donuts because at the time, Michelle Obama was uh, what was still the first lady. That, that didn't apply, but almost everything else did. For one reason or another, it was considered harassing. For, for example, I mean, this is a slide from the presentation. Uh, this um, slide was considered harassing. It, it noted harassment complaints have been filed against workers who display photographs of their spouses in swimsuits. Now, if you look at how these people are dressed, that's acceptable on any beach in the United States 
and indeed at the, at the pool and Marquette's Recreation Center. But if a faculty member has that in their office, that could be harassing. Uh, so there, there, there's also a, a computer screensaver of a guy who was naked from the waist up, although he had trousers on from the waist down. That was considered harassing. Uh, one commenter online said, hmm, has anybody looked for crucifixes at Marquette? You know, uh, are they harassing? Now, probably worse was this. It's two uh, employees who are talking with each other, and they're expressing the fact that they op oppose gay marriage. Another employee, the male here, overhears them, and he's unhappy with that. He feels offended and harassed because he's heard someone talking about the fact that they oppose gay marriage. Uh, this particular training module made it clear that yes, these two women could be in effect disciplined for harassment because they to each other expressed a political opinion that someone overheard and disagreed with. It made it clear that this guy here doesn't even have to be gay. He has to be just somebody who disagrees with their political opinion. What's actually happened at Marquette? I was charged with harassment one time for telling a class, an entire class, that feminists exaggerate the incidence of campus date rape. The prissy little feminist who accused me of this I'd never had any face-to-face -face interaction with her. She just heard me say this with cl in class and accused me of harassment. Well, after a bit of hassle, Marquette come back and came back and said, yeah, you got a right to say that, okay? In another case, a theology professor was talking about Adam and Eve and the idea that God made them male and female, and he used that argument to support uh, uh, opposite-sex marriage, basically argue against same-sex marriage. Again, he was reported for harassment. Uh, again, finally, he was told, yeah, you have a right to say that. Uh, but I, I know you've heard the dictum, the process is the punishment. When you can end up in some administrative process just because someone took offense at what you said, uh, that's a lar very large chilling factor. incident reporting systems. It's a little bit like the East German Stasi. If a student hears somebody say something they object to, they're told to report it, and then campus authorities will deal with it. In one particular case here, um, uh, from the Foundation for Individual Rights and Education website, a professor uh, was wanting to have a discussion of things like transgenderism, uh, and allowed arguments on both sides to be voiced in class. A student who did not like arguments on both sides voiced in class reported this professor, and then the response team that responded to bias incidents went and uh, talked to the uh, professor. Um, the professor said he was playing devil's advocate and like saying things like, is transgender really a thing? but he was told not to do that. 
Prether was told he should remove these topics from the list of debate topics. Uh, debating the personhood of an entire minority demographic should not be a classroom exercise. In other words, he was told by university officials, no, don't say something, don't allow a discussion where arguments critical of transgenderism uh, are allowed to be discussed. He was told this by university officials. I, I think this was Colorado State. I'll skip one here and go on to the one uh, that uh, Marquette's trying to fire me over. A um, uh, instructor put in a philosophy class mentioned gay marriage very briefly and said, well, I think this is right, meaning there should be gay marriage. And a student came to her after class and said, well, he wanted to discuss that. Uh, he wanted some time to discuss it, and he made it clear he opposed gay marriage. He was told some opinions are not appropriate, such as racist opinions, sexist opinions. Do you know of anyone in class who is homosexual? Don't you think it would be offensive to them? You don't have a right in this class to make homophobic comments. In this class, homophobic comments, racist comments will not be tolerated. She invited the student to drop the class, which he did. And of course, I blogged about this, and it went national. Well, then there is the concept safe spaces, the concept of safe uh, spaces. Uh, this isn't just the idea that students should be safe from possible physical violence. This is the idea that students should be safe from hearing ideas they disagree with, but it goes even beyond that. At Brown University, a woman named Wendy McElroy was going to speak and she's a critic of feminism. Uh, so uh, the feminists, of course, didn't like that. And they said they needed a safe space. Now, no one was requiring any of these feminists to go attend that talk. It was purely optional. But these feminists said that they felt unsafe simply because someone was on campus expressing arguments that they disagreed with. So a safe space was set up. And this, of course, went national. Uh, it had cookies, coloring books, uh, bubbles, Play-Doh, calming music, pillows, blankets, and video of frolicking puppies. One of the women who set it up says she was a rape survivor and sexual assault peer educator. Um, actually went to see the lecture a little bit and then she had to return. She said, I was feeling bombarded by lots of viewpoints that really go against my dearly and closely held beliefs. So she had to leave. Now, I hope everybody understands the irony here coming from feminists. Don't feminists claim women are strong? Women are resilient? Don't they believe women should be in combat? But what do we say about women who can't even deal with the idea that somebody on campus is expressing 
opinions they disagree with. Can women like that actually deal with the Taliban in Afghanistan? Doesn't make any sense. all of which were silly, but one of them was that Marquette, when it sends out notices of crime near campus, I think Marquette pretty much has to do that because of the Clery Act. They have considerable exposure if they don't do that. They identify the race of the offender, the person who's robbed or attacked someone near campus. Given where Marquette's located, that person is almost always black. Well, these people don't want, they've demanded that that not be allowed. That is to say that Marquette should send out uh, uh, descriptions of the offender without including race. But of course, what's the most important thing if you're gonna describe an offender? Well, it would be race. Uh, I can't resist talking about November 22nd, 1963, when Dallas uh, police radio said, the suspect in the shooting at Houston Elm is an unknown white male. That was the first thing they, uh, they said. That's what you do, but these folks wanted that suppressed. More on feeling unsafe. Bill Maher, the University of California, Berkeley. Why Bill Maher? What's the problem with Bill Maher? First of all, Bill Maher's anti-Christian, virulently anti-Christian, but that's not the problem. He's the sort of atheist that at least is even-handed. He doesn't just hate Christians, he hates Muslims too, and that's why people at Berkeley were saying they felt unsafe. Some of the Middle Eastern students said having that camel there made them feel unsafe. Now, it was a trained camel. By the way, untrained camels really are unsafe. But they said they, uh, you know, okay, guys, Middle Eastern students, where's your machismo, okay? Could you fight ISIS, you know, if you're scared of trained camels? But they said they were uh, unsafe and, and Cinco de Mayo uh, parties. Some of the uh, Mexican students objected to uh, Anglo students, uh, for example, taking shots of tequila and saying things like Cinco de Drinco. And the Mexican students, rather than chuckling a bit at how silly that is, are claimed to actually feel unsafe. feminist group called Empowerment went out at night and vandalized it. They covered over the display of Marquette Students for Life with their own signs and they tore up the flags. What did Marquette do about that? Well, it made them write a three-page paper about how they'd been irresponsible. In other words, a slap on the wrist. 
creation. Here's a screen capture from uh, uh, YouTube. BB, uh, the late BB King, jamming with Eric Clapton. Clear example of cultural appropriation. Blues is black people's music. What does BB King think about that? He's fine with it, right? He gets to jam with Eric Clapton. He likes that song. But what, are, what does he know? I mean, he's only the greatest of all blues men. But what does he know compared to your English professor or your philosophy professor? By the way, if we're going to outlaw cultural appropriation, should blacks be forbidden to sing opera or to be conductors of major symphony orchestras? Hmm. Think about that. conservative students who know that their speech is uh, is um, uh, is being under attack. This is a, uh, a survey from Dartmouth students where they were asked whether speech at Dartmouth was very or somewhat secure or very or somewhat threatened. Among Democrats, only 21% said speech was very or somewhat threatened. Their speech, the Democrat speech, is but 69% of Republicans. Uh, so they know what the, um, what the climate is. Uh, they know that they're the ones who are the targets of the, of the, of the, the suppression of speech. business about cultural appropriation leads. Nation's high school students encouraged to wear just large paper bags to prom to avoid offending any cultures. Call the Babylon Bee. This is to religious news what the onion is to other news. Um, but this is about what it comes to. say quickly as people in this room know how do you fight this well you fight it with publicity and that's what I've been doing on my blog that's what Zach's been doing uh, with campus reform uh, I did a blog post about something called the femsex seminar it was a seminar at Marquette where the women involved femsex is short for feminine sexuality but the women involved were uh, required to create a piece of erotica that means pornography uh, have a non-judgmental discussion uh, of prostitution, uh, abortion, and pornography. It specified non-judgmental. And color pictures of female genitalia in the C-word coloring book. That actually exists. You can find it on Amazon. Those are the kinds of activities. In Marquette, in fact, when there was a big brouhaha over this, uh, canceled it. Uh, in another case, um, the Gender and Sexuality Resource Center, this part of the bureaucratic bloat I've been talking about, uh, put up a mural on the wall of a woman named Asada Shakur. Who is she? 
a black militant cop killer from the 1970s who was convicted, let out of prison uh, by her black militant buddies, fled to Cuba, and is to this day uh, under the protection of the Cuban government. But she was lauded in a mural at the uh, uh, Gender and Sexuality Resource Center. announced the lighting of a tree. What kind of tree? They didn't say. In context, it was clearly a Christmas tree, but they wouldn't say it was a Christmas tree. I put out a blog post on this Sunday night. The conservative talk radio in Milwaukee on Monday morning was all over it. And by Monday afternoon, Marquette was sending out all kinds of announcements about their Christmas tree lighting. I, however, remember when you see something embarrassing on the web, do a screen capture, save the image. So I had the screen captures. No, it's only after they got chewed out about it that they, uh, they did. And of course, there are a number of media outlets, including uh, Campus Reform, uh, that uh, specialize in this kind of thing. Uh, so, um, so what does it require? Well, it's an uphill hill battle, but it's a, a battle worth fighting because we're the ones fighting for free speech and the left is fighting to shut it up.